Lord is saying that there's been some people that have misplaced anger. The Lord is saying tonight that there's some of you who have suffered loss, loss and grieving even at younger ages. And God says that I'm doing a work within your heart tonight. And God says that you are here and you are at this place of your life. And the Lord says I'm digging deep into your soul. And God says I'm doing a surgery within your heart. For the Lord says that even as you have grieved God said my spirit has been with you uh, but the Lord says that there's been a misplacement a misunderstanding God said that that's not my will that any should perish but that all would come to the saving knowledge and to repentance in me and the Lord says that I want you to know I want you to know tonight I want you to know tonight to trust in me when it comes to life and death God said, I want you to know, my son, and I want you to know, my daughter, that life, all life, is in my hands from beginning to the end. And I want you to know that I have a covenant with you. And you can be assured that when you believe on the name of the Lord Jesus, that you will be saved. And that you will go to heaven when you leave this earth. And I want you to know that I have your loved ones in my hands. I want you to know that they're with me tonight. tonight. I just want you to slip out of the pew. Come on up here so we can pray. Amen? Come on up. We don't have to belabor it, but we do need to respond to the prophetic word of the Lord. So if you've had loss this year, COVID year, or this year so far, and you just want someone to pray, come on up. It's one thing to grieve. It's okay to grieve. Live stream family, we're praying for you right now, too. It's okay to grieve, but a spirit of grief. It's okay to grieve. God understands our grief. But when we get a spirit of grief, then we lose hope. And that's not God. So if you need prayer tonight, I just want you to come quickly and line up right across here. Amen. Amen. Karen, David, can you come up and pray? Dr. Scott. If you have anger, you just wonder where is this anger coming from? We can deal with that too so quickly. Come on up. And... First, we're going to have Dr. Scott lead us in salvation. Amen. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never accepted the Lord as your Savior, or you're watching by live stream, and it's not by accident that you turned in. 
Maybe you're here tonight or watching my live stream and you're not where you used to be in your walk with the Lord. We call that a backslidden condition. We're going to pray and, and thank God for his son tonight. Repeat this with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son. Jesus, thank you for Calvary. Thank you for paying the price for my life. I dedicate and rededicate myself to you. I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Thank you for hearing me. Thank you for saving me. Tonight, I praise you and I glorify you and I call you my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. We're going to begin to pray. Ministers, go ahead and begin to pray. And I'm going to pray for the live stream, our live stream family. And if that's you by live stream, just extend your hands toward the screen. And I'm going to pray. And you guys go ahead and begin to pray, Diane. Pray. In the name of Jesus, we reach out in this place, in this building, and across the airwaves right now. We reach out and touch even that one watching, listening. Father, that is your heartbeat that we live a life to make a difference and touch even one. So tonight, we touch our live stream family. We touch every person in this building. And God, we come against the grief right now. I bind up a spirit of grief. I crush and annihilate grief in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that you are the comforter, Holy Spirit. You bring comfort and peace to those that are grieving. You bring comfort and understanding. God, that prophetic word said that we must trust you for life and death. And we trust you tonight, God. We decree that your prophetic word, God, is the word. We trust you, God, for life and for death. And God, tonight, we ask you to touch the hearts of those that need a healing touch. I just right now reach out with comfort and peace and love in the name of Jesus. Father, I come against anger in Jesus' name. Every form of anger, I crush it. I break it off the people of God. Every person watching and listening, I destroy the spirit of anger. And God, I thank you tonight that God's people are being set free, set free of anger and grief. God, we give you the glory. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Now, live stream family, I just want you to take a big, deep breath. Just take a big, deep breath and blow it out, out, in the name of Jesus. All anger, all grief, go, blow it out, be 
blow it out. And God, we thank you. Just begin to give God praise. Praise for that peace. That peace that you have. He's setting you free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Hallelujah. Good evening, live stream family. Love you so much. So glad you could join us this evening. Amen. I just want to uh, give a prophetic word to our friend right here in the green top. What is your name? Annette. May I just give you something that the Lord gave me for you? Amen. Even as I was coming in tonight, I just sensed the Lord say that your life has been uh, kind of just tooling along and you've had questions and you've just been wondering, am I missing out on something? There's got to be more than just what I go through day to day in my regular everyday life. And I just hear the Lord saying, he brought you here tonight to bless you. And he brought you here tonight to bring some answers to those things you've been questioning. God says as you begin to just step into this new relationship with him, he says, look out at what I'm going to do. I am going to bless your life. I'm going to bless your family. I am going to turn everything around for you, says the Lord. There's been a lot of loss. There's been a lot of difficulties, a lot of feeling like you're always going uphill. But the Lord says, Annette, today is the day I am turning things around. You will know my peace and my rest even in the midst of circumstances. God says, know that I love you more than anything you could think or imagine. And now you've entered into a season where I, your father, am going to bring healing to your heart. God says, some th things that have occurred in the past, even in your childhood, left you devastated. But God says, no, daughter, I am going to heal. I am going to restore. I am going to bring a new joy into your life. Not happiness, but a real joy that's going to bubble up from within. Because it is my heart to touch your life and to see you prosper and be blessed. So, Annette, know that you're not here by accident. This is the first day of the rest of your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you love Jesus with everything in you tonight? Amen. Awesome. I want to look tonight for a few moments at what I call prepping for our destiny. Prep for your destiny. How many of you understand what it means to prep for something? How many of you have ever prepped for a meal? You're about to prepare a meal for someone or yourself and you have to prep. Sometimes the preparation is longer than if sitting down and eating it, right? You feel like, God, I did all this work. You know, how many holidays go by where you prep and you get ready for the big holiday and it's like all done in half hour, 40 minutes. But when you are prepping for your destiny in God, it's exciting. 
It's exciting as you prep, as you get ready, as you prepare your heart, as you allow God to do something in your heart so that you can really step into that destiny, that thing God has for you to do. How many of you feel like God's really been using the pandemic, even after the pandemic, even your everyday life? God's been using all of that to bring you to a place where you're about to step into what he really has for you to do. Amen? So I want to look at that a minute tonight. Let's look at James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. He says, My brethren... Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations or hard stuff. Look at your neighbor and say, hard stuff. Count it all joy. He says, know this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Patience. How many of you think that we really cannot live daily in revival? How many of you think that you got to go to a place, get all fired up and all wild and crazy in order to really experience revival? See, we don't. We can live every day in revival mode. Right? We can live every day waking up going, okay, God, what's new? What are we doing today? How many of you have ever had kids like that? I have two daughters. One growing up has always been calm kind of even keel, but then the baby. She's here almost every Sunday. That child, you better get ready because when she woke up in the morning, where are we going, Mom? Let's go, hurry, I got to get ready. I'd be like, help me, Jesus. Or if I said to Bishop, I have to go do a couple errands I want you to just keep an eye on Bree. Okay, I can do that. I get a phone call. 20 minutes later, Cheryl! She's running everywhere. She ripped her diaper off, and she's running everywhere. But see, that's what God wants us to do in the midst of diverse temptation, difficulties, He says, I want you to be revived every moment. Don't look at that junk going on in front of you. Don't look at the junk in your home. Don't look at these relationships. Don't look at it. Get excited about what I'm going to do. I've set you up. I've set you up, and you can live in revival mode every day because I use the difficulties to prove I'm God. Isn't that what he's doing? He wants to prove himself. He doesn't prove himself when you're on the mountaintop eating bonbons. (laughs) He proves himself in diverse situations. See, when we go through stuff, 
Now listen to this. I love this. Lack from the past experiences of our lives do not determine what we should expect for our future. When we go through lack and hurt and disappointment and abuse and all the junk in our past, when we come to Jesus, it's the buck stops here, devil, and I cut you off in the past, and I am not going to let that in my past determine what God's going to do for my future. Do you believe that? Then say this with me. Say past, loss, hurt, disappointment. I cut you off today in Jesus' name. That's right. And when that enemy tries to bring it all back to your memory. Oh, look what happened to you back then. Oh, look how disappointed you were. Shut up, devil. Shut up, devil. That's not my future. That is not where I'm headed. Make sense? Brother Bill Johnson, he's the pastor of Bethel. He said, Bible study without Bible experience is pointless. Oh. See, Bible study without Bible experience is pointless. What's he saying? We think, okay, I'm going to read all this stuff in the Bible and the Word, and but God's not going to make me go through anything. Hello? How many of you found that ain't true? How many of you, of you would say with me, uh-uh, life's been challenging. Life's been a real rocky road at times. But it's not my future because I know who I believe in. I know who lives in me, right? Now listen to me. God does not want us to be a bunch of robots. You know, he doesn't say, okay. He he doesn't look at you and say, okay, I'm going to push this button and you do this. You're not a robot in Jesus. He understands emotions. How many of you experience emotion? All of us do. You know why? He gave you those emotions. He doesn't have a hard time with your emotions. How many of you know people that seem more emotional than others? That's okay. He makes us all different. How many people seem less emotional than you've ever known anyone to be? That's okay too. Aren't you glad that he makes us all different? He understands emotion. But he says, if you can't live every day in revival mode with that excitement and that passion in your heart, then you haven't experienced enough of me. We got to get as much of God as we can get in us constantly. 
Give me more, Holy Spirit. Fill me up. Lift your hands up. Say, fill me up, Holy Ghost. That's right. You know, a lot of Christianity today is what we call smoke and mirrors. Fake. That's why people have a hard time with Christianity. A lot of people look at us and say, eh, you guys are all emotion and woo and hallelujah. But I don't, I, you know, I don't see the, the fruit in your life. That's what some people say to me. They say, you know, you Christians, you know, they're, they're so fake, Dr. Cheryl. I said, what do you mean they're fake? Uh, they're always saying and preaching at me, but then they're out doing something they shouldn't be doing. They're not living what they say. It's smoke and mirrors. It looks good. How many of you know it matters what's going on inside the vessel? People, we can't just say a prayer. Okay, come in, Jesus, live in me, and then we go off and do whatever. We got to live this thing. We got to walk it out every day. I just don't even buy into anymore when people say, oh, salvation is free. No, it isn't. It costs you a choice. It costs you a choice. When you say yes to him, get ready. It'll cost you everything. But it's so worth it because he gives back to you so much and then some. Healing, restoration, mercy, grace, goodness, prosperity. He comes out of nowhere to bless you. But we see so much lacking in the church today. We see so much lacking. It's all about the performance. Now, uh, Someone was telling me the other day, there's this church, and they bring in big-name singers every Sunday, and they sing for 40 minutes, and that's their service. They entertain. How is that a church service? Go to a concert. That's not a church service. We got to come into the presence of God. We got to say, Lord, forgive me. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. Lord, we humble ourselves. Lord, we just want more of you. More and more. Did you hear that song tonight? I'm chasing after you, Lord. No matter what, I want more of you, Jesus. And so because of that, we want to win souls, but I don't know. People don't want to go out on the street and win any. People don't want to talk to their family about it. I had a, a sister the other day. She goes, well, I can't talk to my family about Jesus. What do you mean? I just grab them, shut up, and listen to me. Or if they call me and they'll say, will you pray for me? Why do you want me to pray? You think I'm crazy usually. Let's talk. Right? Let's talk. Let me tell you about the goodness of God. Or I go to, uh, this morning we went to um, 
before church, we stopped at the uh, car wash. And I've told you in the past, Bishop and I, we just take some money out of our wallets and we just start blessing people. So at the car wash, there were three little individuals. And so we, we blessed them and it was so cool because they were so open. And we said, hey, you know, we're pastors. Can we pray for you? What's going on? You know, and they're like, wow, man, are you sure? <laughs> yes, I'm sure. I want to pray for you. Are you sure? Are you sure you want to give us? We're sure. We don't answer to our moms. We're sure. How many of you hear what I'm saying? You take them by surprise. And man, they'll listen to you. They'll listen to you. You just say, hey, can I pray for you? Hey, do you need prayer for anything? Of course people need prayer, especially in this climate. Don't be smoke and mirrors. Be the real deal. Because really, if we're going to walk in this revival thing, in this, our destiny is revival. Our destiny, you keep saying to God, what am I supposed to do? What is my destiny? It is to get out there and in your unique way, win the lost. That's your destiny. Win them souls. Snatch them souls out of hell before the devil can get his hands on them. And you can live in that excitement every day. Every day. And God showed me, he said two things. Two things in order to live in that never-ending awakening revival. Never-ending day after day spirit of revival. Two things. Prayer. 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 And more prayer. How many of you pray? Absolutely. Livestream family, are you praying? Pray. Pray for souls. Pray for your mate. Pray for your family. Pray for your kids. Pray. Talk to God. That's what it's about. Prayer is communication between you and God. And the second thing God said is surrender. Surrender. Surrender the stuff that you're worried about. Surrender the stuff that's constantly trying to pull your attention from God. You know, um, I had to go to a office max today to, I wanted to bless my grandson and buy his school supplies. So I go in there and um, this gentleman was helping me and he says, uh, oh, you buying for your kids? I said, bless your heart. You think I'm that young? I'm not. I said, my grandkids. He goes, your grandkid? I said, yes. I said, I'm a pastor. I said, um, do you need prayer for anything? And he just looked at me. He goes, well, I guess me. Sounds good to me. I said, what's your name? And he gave me his name. I wrote it down. And So uh, then he says, do you think your grandson will appreciate this? I said, of course not. Did you want school supplies? <laughs> he said, Wow. And you're buying a minute? I said, because it blesses him, and it blesses my daughter and son-in-law, and it's a blessing. He said, blessings. I like that. So I get to my daughter's, and my 
grandsons there. Now look at how God works. He's so cool. I get there, and I said, hey, baby, I got all your school supplies for you. I got you a camo backpack. Me and Papa bought you this stuff. And so my son-in-law goes, well, say thank you. And I said, he ain't going to say thank you. And he looked over at me. My grandson looked at me. He goes, well, Nana. I said, you ain't excited about no school supplies, are you? He goes, no. And he started to cry. I said, what's going on here? He said, I'm afraid to go back to school. Ah. He says, I'm really nervous. He's only fourth grade. I said, oh, no. My daughter says, oh, no, we're going to pray right now. And we laid hands on him, and we prayed. And the more we prayed, little tears kept coming out, kept coming. I said, you get your filthy hands off of my grandson in Jesus' name. And he just got a big smile on his face. He goes, thanks. Saints, that's what we live to do. That's our destiny. What's going on inside these folks? Listen, it's really not about us, is it? We don't matter. We don't really matter. In fact, the Bible said, less of me, more of him. Less of me, more of him. Say, Jesus, less of me, more of you. That's what matters. That's what matters. I want you to look at 2 Kings chapter 4 with me. Verse 1, 2, and 3. We're going to talk for a minute about vessels. There cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take to him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? She said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. And then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. Now, I thought it was interesting when he said, what do you have in your house? Now, put your hand on your heart and say, what do I have in my house? Aha. What's in there? You're a vessel, right? But it was interesting because he says, what do you have in your house? And she said, nothing but. That word save, when she said nothing, save a cruise of oil. Save is a Hebrew word for but. Now, don't you think it's interesting when we answer God that way? I don't have anything but. That means you got something. Hello? That big but is, I got something. It's not much. In fact, in my mind, Lord, it's nothing. But God says, I've put something in every vessel. You got something in there that you can fill up and help and give to people. Give to others. 
Even when I am totally exhausted, I've got something in here if someone needs prayer. If someone needs an encouraging word, I've got something in this vessel, right? But the thing that is so key in this verse is that we are vessels. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a vessel. But the key thing is not the vessel. It's what is inside the vessel. It is what is about to be poured into the vessel. When you look at this passage of scripture, it wasn't about all the vessels they went and collected from all the neighbors, right? I mean, think about it for a minute. Here the sons go door to door in their little town, and they're borrowing everybody's pots, vessels. Now, how many times do you think when you've said, I'm going to just you know, get some more vessels and let God, how many times do you, how many people in that neighborhood do you think were saying, what are you doing with all these vessels? What are you doing with my pots? What are you going to do? And they had to just kind of say, just give me the pots. Just give me the vessels. Sometimes saints, you just got to say, come here. Just let me fill you up. Let me tell you about Jesus. Well, what about, shut up. Just come over here and let me tell you about Jesus. Well, why did this have to happen to me? Shut up. Just come over here. Sometimes you just need to pour in to the vessels in spite of their boohooing, their talk, their discomfort, their resistance. I was standing in line one night at a grocery store late after work, and I was standing there, and I just wanted to go home. How many of you ever felt that way? I just want to go home. And this little gal in front of me, God says, tell her that it's a hard time right now, but I love her, and I'm for her. I said, I just want to go home. I don't know her. I don't want to know her. And the Lord says, say to her. God, she's going to think I'm screwed up. It's after 11 o'clock p.m. All the weirdos come out at that time. She's going to think I'm nuts. The Lord said, would you just? Okay. All this is going on in my mind. Okay, so I tap her on the shoulder, ma'am. Hi. <laughs> I just want to tell you, the Lord said to tell you that no matter what you're going through right now, he is for you, and you're coming out the other side. She bust out crying all over the place. She was, who are you? How did you know all that? I said, it's not me. I just wanted to go home. <laughs> she goes, what? I said, it is not me. It is Jesus. I just wanted to go home and mind my own business. She goes, I'm so glad you let him use you vessels vessels doesn't matter what size vessel only matters what's in the vessel when she brought all those pots and her son's got all those pots in second kings what was going on all of a sudden this little cruise of oil that she said she had nothing she's pouring and pouring and pouring what was important the oil in the vessel 
if we will let God, as he's prepping us amidst all the drama in our lives, as he's prepping us to step into destiny, just let him keep filling you up. Let him keep filling you up with more oil and just keep giving it out and just keep walking through. And what happens? You become stronger. You become bolder. You become prepped to do whatever God needs you to do. And even if you look back a year, you're going to go, wow, I've come a long way. Like, I would have never even stepped out the way I'm stepping out. I would have never said what I could say now. I wouldn't have done that because you are being prepped for destiny. You know, this is such a cool example. How many of you find that the value of the pizza box rises when pizza is in it? Right? That pizza box, when that guy's coming to your door and everybody in the house is starving to death, you grab that pizza box, give me that. And the minute everybody chows down, that poor little pizza box sits half open, tore apart, going to the garbage. The value of that pizza box is when the pizza's in it. The value of us as vessels is when that oil is there and we're pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, touching a life, praying for someone, encouraging them, being with them, drying their tears, walking it out with them. We're being prepped. We got unlimited power. You are God's carrier of his glory. You're it. God don't have no SWAT team in the back that he's going to call out special powers, special, you know, whatever they call them. You're it. He's going to use us. It's what's inside that matters. Look at 2 Timothy 2.20. In a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and earth, some of honor and some to dishonor. In a great house, put your hand on your heart, say, I'm a great house. Put your hand on your neighbor's arm and say, you're a great house. Say, our nation is a great house. Say, our church is a great house. See, my neighborhood is a great house. My community is a great house. See, the great house is wherever God has placed us to be prepped to do his kingdom work. Wherever you find yourself. And in that great house, you're going to find all kinds of vessels. You're going to find some vessels over here that are honorable. They're great in the great house. They're vessels of honor. They are people that say what they mean, mean what they say. They're doing it, everything they say they're going to do. They're not just talking. They're walking it out. But then there's also those vessels of what? Dishonor. They're not so good. Some of them ain't saved. They don't know God. They're living any old way. And why do we expect people to do something different? If they don't know Jesus. 
Why do we expect a nation to come together and be one and united when so many are still saying there is no God? Why do we expect vessels of dishonor to be honorable when they don't know the source of all honor? And the key is, guess what? It's that choice thing again. We have to choose. Every day you get up. Am I going to be a vessel of honor today or a vessel of dishonor? Does that make sense? We choose. It's not just automatic. We are not robots. And he doesn't just press a button. Okay, today Cheryl's full of honor. No. Cheryl has to get up and say, okay, I choose to be a vessel of honor. When I'm so irritated, I want to slap something. I'm going to be a vessel of honor. When somebody irritates me and agitates me, I'm going to be a vessel of honor. I'm going to bless them, love them. Is that hard or what? When I step into my job and my boss is just a handful, Am I going to be a vessel of honor or dishonor? We make choices every day. When that neighbor next door calls and complains about something, vessel of honor or vessel of dishonor? How many of you are getting this? We choose. And the key is we've got to be fit. We've got to be clean vessels on the inside, fit for the master's use. Listen, because this is key. It wasn't the oil that ran out in 2 Kings, right? There was enough oil to keep on going. What ran out? The vessels. God's always got the oil flowing. We got to decide we're going to be fit. We're going to be cleaned out. We're going to make sure we're vessels prepared, prepped. You with me? For whatever the destiny is for today. You can't wake up tomorrow morning and not give God at least five, ten minutes and acknowledge and honor and bless his name. You can't run out of the house and you're not a clean vessel. And expect God to fill you up with oil. That oil will contaminate and stink. How many of you ever smelled some stinky oil? You got to be fit for the master's use. You got to come down like we did tonight. So many came down and got rid of the anger, got rid of the grief. Sometimes you maybe got to get rid of the fear, got to get rid of the hurt and the anguish and the pain, whatever. Just man begin to say, get off of me. Loose me in the name of Jesus or run. Run and get prayer from another vessel. Are you following me tonight? Jesus said, look at this in Matthew 15, verse 10 and 11. And he called the multitude and said to them, hear and understand. It is not that which goeth into the mouth that defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. It's not that double cheeseburger with the whatever on it that defiles you. <laughs> right? 
It might make you sick if you're not supposed to eat it. But that's not what's going to defile you. It's the garbage on the inside that comes out. Someone said to me one time, you just got to pray for my brother. You know, he says he's saved, but he's still smoking cigarettes. Uh. So? The only thing the cigarettes are going to do is probably take him home to Jesus sooner than he'd like. <laughs> right? Cigarettes ain't going to hurt his... Ain't going to hurt his stand with God. It's what that comes out. Gossip. Judgmentalness. Criticism. Anger. Rage. Violence. The junk that comes out of us. That's what defiles us. That's why people think, and eh, they ain't real. We got to be real. Our holiness is not based on our outer appearance. You know, years and years ago, I did this funeral for, well, they called me off the radio. Somebody, you know, really loved me on radio, and so they called me and said, my grandmother died or something, and can you come do the funeral? I said, sure. And um, didn't tell me that it was a... Uh, some kind of cultural group that the women did not wear makeup or do, or do their hair. And they all wore like babushkas on their heads, you know. So nobody told me. So I walk into this funeral and I just go right to the, you know, pulpit and me with my little red nails and, you know, all my makeup on and, you know, and I just... Preach the few. I was like oblivious. It had to be the Lord because I would have been like frozen. Uh-oh. But I do the funeral. I get all done. And I'm thinking, wow, those people were so attentive. Because they were just sitting there like this, staring at me. I thought, wow, that is the coolest thing. And so then I led them in the sinner's prayer. And they all just kept staring at me, saying the sinner's prayer, but just staring at me. I thought, well, man, this is awesome. So I get all done, and I go back out to the lobby, and I'm greeting people, and they're walking by. And as they're walking out of the funeral home, I'm greeting them, and they thank you for coming. And, you know, bishops always taught us as ministers, you stand by the casket, and as people leave, you just, can, you know, you greet them, and you comfort them. So I'm taking everybody's hand, and they're just staring at me. And they're going, they're very gracious. They were going like, Thank you. Thank you for doing this. And they're just walking away going like this. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, this is just it interesting. So we get all done, and the little gal that had called me, she just pulls me aside, and she starts laughing. And she said, thank you, Pastor Cheryl, for coming. I said, why are you laughing? She said, because I know my grandma is with Jesus and she said, my grandma always thought it was stupid that we couldn't wear makeup or do our hair. She said, so my grandma always wore a little bit of makeup and did her hair. And I said, oh, well, what does that have to do with anything? She goes, Pastor Cheryl, she said, didn't you see everybody 
looking at you? I said, yeah, I just thought it was awesome. They were paying attention. She goes, no, they were looking at your makeup, your hair, your nails. Like you just totally blew them out of the water because that's a taboo thing. She says, but it had to be God because they all knew grandma was like that. I'm just like, wow. What was on the outside? That's what they were basing everything on. You with me? It don't matter what the outside looks like. It matters what's in here. If people come through the doors and they got a hundred tattoos, come on down. If they got four colors in their hair, hallelujah, join us. I don't care. One time a gentleman came down, he had tattoos all over his arms and, you know, he had a muscle shirt on. So he comes in and Bishop turns around, he came right down to Bishop and he said, man, I, I just have heard you speak. I love you, brother. And he hugs Bishop and Bishop hugs him back and he says, come on, sit with me right here in the front pew. And he sat the whole service and it was like, awesome. Who cares what's on the outside? I don't care if they got 10 earrings, tattoos. I don't care what if their eyebrows are tattooed in. That's cool. We got to be a people not looking at the outer appearance. Be concerned with what's inside the vessel. Will we say yes to God? Because there's so much in the body of Christ today where they're settling for a form of power, but it's not the real deal. I don't want the fake. I want the real deal. Awakening prayer, surrender, that's what changes things. The more we see people surrendered to Jesus, that's what's going to change lives. I love this. God guarantees his promises, but he cannot guarantee our choices. Ah, it's up to us. We choose. He promises. He promises unconditional love. He promises, promises giving us things that we have begged him for and cried out for, family, relationships. He promises things to us and he guarantees them but he said the choice is up to you and that I cannot guarantee we got to choose we got to choose that we're going to stay in his will and that he's going to keep his promise as we let him prep us for destiny this is interesting he told an entire generation of Israel that they were coming out of bondage to a land of milk and honey over a million plus people. He says, I am promising you, you're coming out of Egypt and I'm taking you into the land of milk and honey. And out of that generation, you know how many made it? Two. Oh, what happened? Did God promise? God promised. But the choice was up to them to walk it out. And it's the same for us today. Say, I'm going to make it. I'm going to the other side. I'm going to the land of milk and honey. That's right. Why did it take so long? Because of their unbelief. 
because they're constant questioning God, because they're constant uh, murmuring and complaining. And listen to me. Do you know why people murmur, complain? Do you know why they question God? Do you know why? Because they have no relationship with God. You don't question stuff constantly when you know that you know that you know that person. Makes sense? When I've lived, I've lived with Bishop for 35 years. I don't have to ask him, do you love me? Do you love me? Are you sure you love me? Do you really love me? Are you going to keep that promise? I don't have to do that. I know because we have relationship and I know him. I know what he does. I know how he thinks and I know how he treats me and blesses me. I don't have to complain and murmur because if we have a relationship, we just say, God, help. I've really got some doubt and fear here. I need you to change me. And guess what he does? He changes us. He touches us. Prayer and surrender is our training in reigning for eternity. As you learn to pray and surrender, that's getting you prepped. It's training you how you're going to live in eternity. Is that cool or what? As you continue to pray and get before God and humble yourself and get on your face and say, Father, Father, help. Father, I just bring this to you. Father, I want to talk to you about this. And you keep that relationship you know, going and you're surrendering. Here, God, take it. I don't care. I, I don't want it if it's going to be more important than you in my life. I want you to be my priority. As you keep doing that, you are training training in your life to live for eternity with him. Wow. I love it. I love it. Let's look at this clip as we close. It's called make an impact. It's what we're called to do as we're prepping for this destiny we're on. When we're laying on our deathbed, you're not going to worry about how much money you had, how much power you had, how much prestige. You're going to see that that was all game, that that was all an illusion. The only thing that's going to matter is the impact you had on other people's lives. We are all on a separate journey. But the beautiful thing about our life here on this earth is at my funeral, they ain't going to talk about my success. They're going to talk about who Nick was and how Nick lived and how Nick loved and encouraged. Success is incredibly important, but even more important than success, it's having an impact. It's knowing you haven't walked the planet in vain. It's knowing that because you've been here, you've blessed lives, you've developed people, and you have made the world a better place. The 
effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. Everything you gain in life will rot and fall apart. And all that will be left of you is what was in your heart. Life is a mirror. And life gives us not what we want. Life gives us who we are. When you were born, you cried while the world rejoiced. Live your life in such a way that when you die, the world cries while you rejoice. Let's pray. Father, let us live life so that we will cry while others rejoice. Let us live life so that we will make an impact as you prep us in this destiny. You've put each of us on a separate journey. Father, ignite us tonight. Put such a passion a passion to do kingdom work, to walk in destiny, to just be whatever you want us to be. Father, make us holy vessels, fit for your use. Clean us out. Get rid of the junk. Father, let us seek you. Let us seek you every day of our lives. Talk to you. Converse with you. Father, give us an incredible relationship with you. You have to change us, Jesus. You have to change us. You have to change what's in us so we can be acceptable vessels put that hunger in us for more of you but a hunger in us to share your goodness what you're doing in our lives our faith give us people to surround us that think like we think God that will be an encouragement and then let us be the encourager. Lord, make us givers. Make us givers of our time, our talent, our finances, of whatever we have. Prep us for what you have for our futures. We give you thanks tonight. We thank you for everything you did in this service. We thank you even right now as you touch us. Father, I pray tonight you would charge us for this week. Get us fired up. Gas us up, God, so that we have enough to make it through the week. 
till the next Philip. And Lord, we just give you all the glory. Just begin to tell him how much you love him. Just begin to thank him for filling you up. Just begin to focus on Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank him for everything. Thank him for touching your dog. Thank him for touching your goldfish. Thank him for everything. Thank him that you woke up this morning and you took another breath. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're healing us, restoring us. We love you, Lord. If you are new to our fellowship or you are a visitor uh, or a new member, Dr. Scott Mullins is our new member and visitor pastors with his wife, Pastor Pam. But he's here tonight. If you'd like to chat with him, come on down. We're going to receive our seed offering. We take it at the end of every service. If you have an extra seed you can put in, or if you came late and you want to put your tithe in, whatever. We appreciate all your giving. We're asking for a little extra seed this month. The month needed an extra kick. We were a little short just trying to get the grounds nice and keep everything running. So if you have a little extra, that's fine. If you don't, we bless you then. Doesn't matter. We appreciate it all. And so you can stand tonight, and we have refreshments in the lobby. And we want you to join us. If you still need prayer for anything, don't leave without getting it. But come on down and put your seed offering in, or just come up and say hi to Dr. Scott. We just appreciate you so much. You can give by PayPal. You can give by evangelive.com. You can give by writing a check or putting cash in the envelope and bringing it down. We so love every one of you. Thank you, Livestream family, for joining us. We pray we'll see you Wednesday. I will be teaching the monthly teaching on inner healing and deliverance and doing some right in the Bible study. Amen.